WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program for this uh, Wednesday morning, 7 day of April, 2021. Roger Bouchard here. Jeff Kamash is uh, across the studio. And this is the uh, Upfront program. Today, we uh, get a visit from Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt, and we have a whole bunch of topics to cover with her. Today's program brought to you by the Roast House here in Woonsocket. Good morning, Jeff. How are you doing over there? Good morning, Roger, and good morning, Blackstone Valley. If you're just tuning in for the first time, nice to have you aboard. Jeff's going to be a busy guy. He's uh, helping us out here on this uh, end of the microphone, and then he'll uh, be with uh, Gary McLaughlin. Recipe for a good day at 9.05, immediately following today's program. Daily lunch and specials over at the Roast House. Um, They start serving as early as 11.30 in the morning, and I've uh, mentioned uh, prices are uh, six ninety nine, uh, seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine, all kinds of different luncheons, uh, including the very popular hot open faced sandwiches at six ninety nine, friendly sliced uh, roast um, beef uh, if uh, you like that, or or sliced roast turkey or roasted ham, and your choice of a. Uh, Toasted piece of bread along with gravy and your choice of a side dish, too. And uh, that side, would it be a French fries or or coleslaw or vegetable or the soup of the day? It's a good deal. It's six ninety nine. The hot open-faced sandwiches over at the Roast House. Back on their menu by popular demand. A little more... Um, a little more creative here is the fish tacos at six ninety nine, And we have a flash fried haddock. And uh, we've got shredded lettuce to go along with it and black beans and jack and cheddar cheese. You'll enjoy the fish taco served with one side again and a deli pickle spear. Six ninety nine, all part of the luncheon menu at the Rust House Restaurant. And you'll find them on Farm Street and Blackstone just over the Woonsocket City Line. Country dining. Just close to the city at the Roast House. And, of course, um, beside the luncheon menu, they have uh, all kinds of other uh, specials and promotions at the Roast House. It's uh, one of our favorite restaurants. Close by. I love it. Close by restaurants in Woonsocket. Welcome to the Upfront program. And we've got uh, lots of things uh, to uh, chat about. Uh, Jeff, uh, one thing you're going to chat about is um, the return of John Dion, right? Yeah, it's been a long road when you think uh, he tested positive February 28th. And when you say that date, it really puts into perspective the long road of recovery that he's gone through to get to the point of returning today. And I've had uh, several communications with him through this process. And you could see him growing stronger and stronger over these past several weeks. And um, the question, you know, how much of this journey that he's been on will Mr. Dion uh, share with the audience today? I'm sure he'll be flooded with calls of welcome back besides. Um, but it was, uh, it was a, a, a long, tough road, and you'll be able to speak with John this afternoon, 2 to 4 p.m., which means I'll be on my horse riding into the sunset at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Um, one of the things filling in for John Roger was when you're doing 10 hours a week of talk and you're, you're dependent upon calls. If you don't get calls, you better have something to talk about. So I have about an inch thick folder of everyday stories I was printing. There was, and many of them I never, I maybe covered one or two 
of this whole folder. But there's one story, if I can, that I fell in love with, and I hadn't been able to speak on it. So if I can have a moment here, it's uh, something I normally could care less about and seems irrelevant in my world. There's a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Kithis and Kanoya. No. No, I'm glad to be out of the chair on that one. Uh, but this is, I fell in love with this girl, and I've been following her. Sports Illustrated this year has done an open casting to try to bring more diversity to its swimsuit edition and theme what's, what's happening across the country. And uh, there's a girl I want to bring to your attention and hopefully bring your support her way. Uh, I'm not on social media, but you can look her up. Her name is Michaelia Holgrim, uh, Michaelia Holmgren, H-O-L-M-G-R-E-N. She's 26 years old, and she lives with Down syndrome. And she's making international headlines as she has entered into this uh, casting call to become a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. This young lady is, has an infectious smile and a terrific spirit. And uh, she wants to do it because she says, uh, why not? And it'll be a big uh, nod for all to celebrate who have uh, Down syndrome in the family. She uh, has made international headlines. She was the first woman with Down syndrome to compete in the Miss Minnesota USA pageant. And uh, she is now bringing it to uh, Sports Illustrated. So uh, find her on uh, social media. Give her messages of encouragement. And if you can, send a message to Sports Illustrated encouraging them to support Michaelia Holgram for this year's uh, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. And if you hear her speak, she has just a, an infectious smile but a resounding confidence in herself. Um, so I just uh, adore this young lady. I hope Sports Illustrated. I know they have a, the first male model ever, Roger, uh, posing in as a feminine two-piece uh, swimsuit that I don't think you or I should ever wear, Roger. Um, and they are looking to do things differently. To me, what a great thing it would be and a tremendous opportunity uh, for all the families to, uh, to unite behind getting Michaela Holmgren into that Sports Illustrated and make her dream come true. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Okay, the, yesterday we told you about a Bennett Street property uh, in Woonsocket, and this time we have uh, Scott McGee listing in Cumberland at 55 Hero Boulevard in Cumberland at 329.9. This uh, three-bedroom house built in 1954 is uh, what I would call your basic American ranch, and it looks nice. It is a well-maintained three-bedroom ranch. In Cumberland Hill, and it's uh, got a lot of uh, lot of opportunities for your personal touches. Three uh, season room also to uh, view beautifully the manicured backyard that you'll be looking out to, with a nice uh, fireplace living room and and uh, a, a floor plan that flows. And as uh, Scott McGee tells me, Roger, this one is ready to go. Give me a call at 639-2906. Scott McGee, your real estate guy here in uh, the northern Rhode Island area with a nice property in Cumberland. And we certainly hope that you'll check it out. <laughs> 
Kay Akasher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick, 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kay Akasher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kay Akasher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. All right, I spent some time yesterday at Champs Liquors for Keyway uh, here in Woonsocket. And uh, Mike, the manager, a very, very pleasant individual, uh, bringing me up to date on what's going on. Champs Liquors is open seven days a week, and we still uh, have Flip-Flop Wines, a California winery that has crafted a wide variety of wines. They're fun, they're fruit-flavored with uh, amazing taste. And listen, the uh, price on two bottles of flip-flop wine, $10, including a nice Cabernet Sauvignon, a Merlot, a pink Moscato, a regular Moscato, a Chardonnay, and a nice white uh, Pinot Grigio. And again, it's two bottles, $10, mix and match, over at Champs Liquors for Keyway. And still on sale, nice selection of Tinsdale wine, another California winery, in six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato Choices. And yes, it's again, two bottles for $10. Share in life's possibilities with Tisdale Vineyards Quality Wine from Champs Liquors for Keyway. We have a lot of other uh, wines, too. And we continue to have the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, twenty-six forty-seven plus tax. And our uh, convenient hours, 8 a.m. until 9 p.m., and that's daily. So, summarizing, for a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors at 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? Call Mike, the manager, at 765-1800, and he'll be more than happy to accommodate your needs. And uh, like I said, spending some time with Mike yesterday, very accommodating individual. One more advertisement before we get back to the Upfront program, services tonight in Cumberland. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's the church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren. Bible study and services now available on Zoom only at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Join professional chef Gary McLaughlin and amateur home chef Jeff Kamash on Recipe for a Good Day every Wednesday morning at 9.05. Brought to you by Low General Convenience Stores. Recipes, tips, and of course, find out what is on sale this week at all Little General locations. And take a chance to win a $5 Little General gift card. And don't forget, remember, the recipe for a good day is a warm smile, a good laugh, and a great meal. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome back to uh, the Upfront panel. And uh, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt has joined us in the studio. And uh, she's uh, ready to go to uh, answer your questions and our questions and also make a few uh, remarks about uh, some topics that uh, she has on her agenda that uh, she wants to uh, get out. I think I'll lead off, though, uh, by uh, saying that um, I don't think you were... Well, I know you were happy with the selection of the Autumn Fest Committee as we uh, lead off with a nice, easy question for you. Because I know you and Jennifer uh, Jolliker uh, were, uh, shall we say, uh, good buddies uh, during the um, during the little thing that she did for the little thing, the big thing that she did uh, for uh, for breast cancer. But uh, she's just been a, a good one socket citizen right along. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, everyone. Happy spring, and uh, it's beautiful out there again today, so this is great. Yes, Jennifer is a phenomenal choice. I feel that she has brought a lot to our community. Not only is she a small business owner, but she is extremely positive and brings good positive energy, and she is very um, helpful and courteous. She's all the things that you'd like to see in a person and I was really pleased to see that that was the committee's choice for this year. I think she represents the city well. Uh, oops, I forgot to turn my microphone on. Yeah, a great uh, choice by the Autumn Fest committee as uh, we move toward Autumn Fest uh, in October. And and uh, when you start looking at all the news stories about the parades in um, in Bristol and Cumberland and and in uh, Chapachet and. And today, uh, the n- latest one is King Richard's Fair down in South Carver is opening up. Everybody's trying, at least, to try to, try to get things done. Um, but, um, but we don't know whether that's um, realistic or not, because we don't really know. And listening to these news conferences every Thursday with the governor and Nicole Alexander-Scott, and you hear about the variant, uh, it's one thing to uh, inoculate the people, and that's great, but we don't know exactly what uh, what the future holds. It's still uncertain. I don't know if you feel the same way. I agree with you. I feel it's uncertain, and I think the desire to get back to normal is certainly there, and that is why people are talking about parades and talking about events and potentially doing some preparation to a point where it's not so extended that it's difficult to, uh, you know, pull the whole thing back and very time-consuming. But like you, uh, we wait week by week to see the improvement within the within the state. We know there's an uptick, and we also know that, you know, there are some folks who have let their guard down a little, so th- so the numbers have increased. But the more people that get vaccinated, the less that choose to be vaccinated. You know, it's everyone's individual choice. Uh, I think we'll see uh, normalcy sooner than later. I'm hopeful anyway. So am I. All right. Uh, let's, uh, do you, did you have anything you wanted to uh, deliver? I will get to your uh, street sweeping program uh, because we did get the news release. We'll give you a chance to, uh, to plug that. But um, maybe we can uh, get to a few, uh, shall we say, more difficult questions. One question that came in yesterday, Dan Gendron was here as, uh, as our guest. And we went through a whole bunch of topics. Uh, an emailer came in and said, ask Mr. Gendron and then the mayor the day after uh, about the Paul Luber status. And uh, I said, OK. And he um, he gave his answer. And uh, the emailer, um, I don't have the email in front of me. That was from yesterday, um, said uh, that they couldn't find it in the budget. Anyway, 
uh, maybe you can spend a minute on this and and resolve this if there's anything to resolve. Yeah, Paul Luba is working in the city. He's uh, a critical part of our finance team at this point. And as I indicated before, I had a conversation with uh, former Governor Gina Raimondo, ex explained to her the importance of having additional uh, support in finance, and she created a policy uh, which uh, approved of that. So, yes, he is there. All right. No, but not in the budget, uh, because apparently they couldn't find him, but that... That came after the fact uh, you had the conversation? The, arra the arrangement that was made was uh, that the governor was going to handle the reimbursement for his expenses. So if uh, somebody sees Paul Luber walking the, the uh, hallways of City Hall, he's got um, a right to be there because he's doing things? Absolutely. Anyone who's in the building that is an employee there that is employed i should say or is working for us has has uh, you know obviously has a right to be there all right we're going to go on to some other questions thank sure. you for uh, taking that one and uh, that has to do with the um, the federal money uh, coming in and and i do believe that uh, from the governor down to um, to the mayors and town administrators uh, i still as of april uh, april the 7th here still don't have a real bunch of rules and regulations as to how to spend the money um, unless uh, something has happened since the last time that we spoke. Or do you have a real firm set of guidelines as to what to do with uh, one socket share? Last time I heard it was around $33 million. Roger, no mayor or town administrator in the state of Rhode Island or across the country has a firm understanding of how the funds can be spent. The Treasury is going through the language of the legislation, the American Rescue Plan. And I met with Senator Reed last week when I met with him. He indicated that they also are waiting for the finalized draft uh, or, or explanation of how the funds can be used. And the target date to receive that is approximately May 9th. So on May 9th or thereabouts, maybe a little after, uh, we will learn as soon as the, de the federal delegation learns, the mayors and town administrators and the governors across the state, uh, the country rather, will also learn how those funds can be utilized. Do you uh, sometimes uh, sit at home uh, and uh, think about uh, having a little wish list of what you could do? Uh, with the money, I know that uh, you might be able to change a few uh, sewer lines or water lines. That would be nice, but uh, but they mu you must have some other ideas as to uh, where uh, that would be beneficial. Would you like to see a new city hall, for instance? <laughs> I think our city hall would make a great hotel. <laughs> I, I've always thought that. I think I thought it would make a great hotel. There are. Hopefully many things we'll be able to use the funding on. Some things that are more visible than others. Things such as, you know, changing out water lines or changing out sewer lines. Those things aren't necessarily visible to the public, but they are extremely important to our infrastructure. Uh, at anyone going home or anyone at home at any time of the day or night wants to know that they have water and that they have a sewer system so they can use their facilities. And that is extremely important, and it's extremely uh, expensive. Those are some of the things that 
that I think of. I also think of things that are more visible. You know, hearing things over the last seven years that people were hopeful that could happen. So yes, the answer to the question is I do think of a lot of things that we could potentially use the money on. Keeping in mind that half of the funding package will come in this particular year and the other half will come next year. So it's not all in one shot. Huh? It is not, <laughs> which is fine. All right. We're uh, chatting about various uh, topics uh, with the mayor. She's here, and um, it's uh, open line conversation. There is somebody waiting to uh, chat with us, and we'll, uh, we'll check in with them in, in just a second. I just want to do uh, Oscar as uh, the day gets closer for the uh, water treatment plant. I know that... Um, Mr. D'Agostino has uh, commented on it, uh, and I also know that at the council meeting there was um, a report from the engineer on uh, the status of the project. But um, those were a lot of details, a lot of numbers. So from a general point of view, um, Mayor, I, I think um, the time is, is approaching when that new system is going online. You are right, and I think that I feel that this particular project has gone along extremely well and I want to thank Director D'Agostino who has overseen this project which is again going back to water how important it is to have water and to have good clean water which we do I think we have probably the best water in the state of Rhode Island and the team that he has our engineer all the all the folks that are there and have been there and most people don't even see them it's a little world up there where they're working away but yes we are getting close uh, but there is a strong link between this uh, project and coming online uh, with the Department of Health so the director is working with the Department of Health right now uh, waiting for some a few other things on the checklist and then they will do a 30-day cycle of the water Right, and once the 30-day uh, cycle um, is um, approved by Department of Health, I guess we can turn the spigot on and enjoy um, water going through the new plant. Have you got a chance to go up there yet? Or Yes, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. Well, I, I got a tour of the wastewater treatment plant about uh, uh, just a little bit before COVID hit, and that was impressive. So I'm looking forward to seeing this place when, uh, when it's possible for the public to uh, take a look at it. Right. I think you just gave me a great idea. I think if we do tours of the water plant and we charge a nominal fee for the tour, we can actually potentially start to pay down the cost of the $56 million that it's cost to build the new, the new plant. Well, you know, that's a good point. I was looking uh, uh, when the city council docket came, came out, I was looking at some of the background material and it was uh, looking... I, you know, I know that in a project this big, there are a lot of change orders, and uh, so the the change orders are are like on and on and on and on and on. Uh, but we're still just still under budget right now. We have not uh, gone over. You know how projects can can go over uh, over budget, but we're still under the allotted money. So that's a that's a good sign. Right. Not only under the allotted. But also the director has gone back to that budget time and time again to see where, where cuts and savings could be made. So that plant at this point is fully functional. It's just 
the waiting period now for the Department of Health to give the thumbs up. So pretty much the last, the last uh, change orders then have been uh, issued, and uh, I, I think we're... On the goal line. We're on the goal line, right? <laughs> <laughs> First and one. All right. We, uh, we have a caller. Do you have some earphones there that you could... Um, Just take anything yeah. here? Well, uh, they've all been cleaned before you well, walked in. That is good. That's good to hear because uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I've made it this this long. I don't want WNRI to be the cause of my demise. No, we were, <laughs> right. We had a complete sanitation uh, on Friday of the building, and uh, we we try anyway uh, to, to keep it um, as uh, safe as possible. So, uh, all right. So you have earphones. Can you hear me in there? Okay. I can hear you, Roger. Okay. So let's press the button. And um, then we're going to turn this volume control up. Do you have a comment or a question for the mayor? Oh, good morning. Uh, yeah. Hi, Mayor. Um, hi. So, I, it's more, I don't know if it's a question, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on something and your opinion. So, um, I'll be honest. I, I can't keep up with what's going on with the car tax. I've been hearing about phase out, phase, you know, whatever. Um, and I know there's some uncertainty in Woonsocket. Um, and that's fine. It's understandable just because I know there's, you know, a lot of stuff going on at the state house. But I just wanted to get your thoughts. So, Mayor Lombardi made a, a really good point about the car tax in North Providence. And he basically said his bottom line approach was that, you know, it sounds good to get rid of it, okay? Everyone would love to not get that bill every year. He said, but the bottom line is that if they eliminated it, if they eliminated it in North Providence, he said he felt it would leave enough of a budget gap, they wouldn't be able to cut their way out of it. And what would happen is they would have to offset that, and the property owners would probably see an increase in their property taxes. So, now, again, Mayor, it's just a bottom-line question. I mean, in Woonsocket, for example, you know, a lot of times you have renters or people that are just going to be here for a couple of years or a few years or even like six months. And while they're here, you know, they pay tax on their car. They might not pay a direct property tax. I guess my bottom line was, what are your thoughts on what I just said, though? Is it true, like, if... if, if if, the, if, if they just said in Winsaga, hey, we're just going to get rid of the property, we're going to get rid of the car tax, you're just not going to get that bill anymore, could the burden be spread out on the property owners? And if it was, would it, would it offset itself? Would the property owner be better off or would they, would they be worse off? And I know you probably didn't have time to prepare for this question, so I don't expect, you know, but just like top, top of your head thoughts. Is, that, is there any truth behind what Mayor Lombardi said, you think? Thank you. Um, it was on my list of questions anyway to ask uh, the mayor uh, about the uh, car tax. And, and as I understand it, Mayor, to begin uh, the discussion, the car tax is, uh, even though Mr. Mattiello is gone, is still uh, in, the, in the budget. And, uh, and, and I think that there's something that you would like to see stay, um, stay there, right? It saves us a ton of money. Yes, the phase-out is in the state budget. The phase-out, which was implemented originally, as you mentioned, by Speaker Mattiello, remains uh, in the budget, and Governor McKee has left it in the budget. When we discuss this phase-out, the phase-out is actually reimbursed to us by the state. Mm -hmm. So when they incorporate this phase-out, and we're not collecting the motor vehicle tax from the resident, we're actually collecting it and be, well, being reimbursed by the state of Rhode Island. So they're not mandating that we eliminate the, the motor vehicle tax and find another way to recoup that revenue. They're actually reducing the amount per thousand. They're reducing the exemption. And when they put this formula together, 
whatever we would lose in motor vehicle collection in one socket is reimbursed by the state. Correct. So, therefore, you um, would agree with uh, Mayor Lombardi that you would like to see the legislation stay in place and that money stay in the budget for the reimbursement? Oh, absolutely. We, we cannot do a motor vehicle phase-out and not be reimbursed by the state of Rhode Island. We need to be reimbursed by the state of Rhode Island. Well, I hope that answers your uh, your question, caller. I was going to ask her about uh, about the car tax and making making sure it's still in the budget. And yes, uh, it is the car tax reimbursement. Is it's right? the car tax? Right. It's the motor vehicle reimbursement, right. and that is extremely important. I don't think you find any mayor or town administrator that would agree that there should be a phase out without the reimbursement from the state. Right, that's the key word, reimbursement. You're on the Upfront program. We'll be back in a moment. Interiors by Glow, their newly opened home decor store at 275 Social Street, Woonsocket, is holding a springtime sale from March 22nd through April 21st. Enjoy a minimum 10% discount for select products. Senior citizens 65 and over receive a 20% discount. Products include a vast array of fabrics and trim, including an Italian fabric line from Italy with a manufacturer's guarantee to not fade up to eight years. Customize your outdoor living spaces with a color or print that fits your decorating style. Interiors by Glow is more than a fabric store, offering stylish modern decorative mirrors, tabletop and hanging planters, clocks and hanging mirrors, fresh spring-scented candles handmade by Glow, including lemon chiffon and rose garden, just to name a few available at the store. Interiors by Glow offers tableau decorative grills, an exciting new concept in decorating both interior and exterior areas that offer customization of any shape, size, and pattern to match your home decor. Visit Interiors by Glow, 275 Social Street, Woonsocket, or online at interiorsbyglow.com. Inside dining available or your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant Bellingham. Open seven days a week for a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood to Italian dishes and tasty pizzas. Getting hungry? Well, come on in today and enjoy the friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup orders or place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's, 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham. Grubhub delivery available. Open at noontime for lunch. All right, we want to mention that uh, Grumpy's is open for lunch with the five ninety nine luncheon, including a couple of, you know, sometimes luncheons can be simple, basic, all-American. And for five ninety nine, they have one. It's called two hot dogs with all the fixings, including nice chopped onions, two grilled hot dogs, grilled roll, and your choice of uh, French fries or... Oh, you know, whatever side you want. But uh, to me, uh, hot dogs and french fries go hand in hand. You'll find it at Grumpy's right here in Woonsocket. And um, hope you'll uh, stop. Did I say Woonsocket? Grumpy's right over the line from Woonsocket in South Bellingham. And again, they're open just around noontime today. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we're back to the Upfront program. We have the mayor in the studio. We're going to talk about uh, uh, cleanups, sweeping programs, removing uh, removing brush. I mean, there's a lot of programs uh, going on in Woonsocket. However, I want to talk about economic development, if you don't 
mind for a moment. And uh, you wanted to mention that uh, we have a, a new business uh, coming uh, uh, to Unsocket. And also we'll, we'll then move over to the, the, this is something that I think the mayor and I have really been watching for months now. And that is the rapid development of that property or that parcel at the corner of Social and Diamond Hill Road. If I'm going to hire a construction company to do a project and get it done quickly, <laughs> I'm going to hire that company. But let's go to Main Street Mayor. Let's talk about economic development and new things happening. Um, antiques? Yes. We know we already have an antique shop on Main Street. And I met the owner of a new antique shop that will be coming to Main Street. In fact, Across from City Hall, there is a, a, a beautiful woman and her two daughters, and they always paint the windows across the street just to bring a little life to that area. But moving forward, that location in the Liberty Building will be an antique shop. Any uh, day of opening? or uh... I believe it's going to be, she did mention, and I believe it is at some point in April. Antique shops... Uh... The more you put into a cluster, the more uh, you have, uh, shall we say, visitors and right. tourists right. who come. Yeah, people people would prefer to go to an area that has more than one antique shop because if they're looking for something, they want to be able to hit a few. And the amount of treasure, I guess you could say, that she has is pretty significant. It's uh, multi-generational, and uh, she is the daughter, granddaughter, and great-granddaughter of uh, collectors. And she is the individual who will be opening the shop. All right. Well, we'll keep track of that one coming up very, very shortly. Moving to Diamond Hill Road and Social Street, Family Dollar has their signs up. Uh, they have their uh, set-up person in the store. Uh, the shelves have been set up. The lighting is uh, is in there. Um uh, it's uh, the heat, the air conditioning is ready to go, and uh, this guy is um, is doing what they call store layout, and we're maybe uh, 10 days, um, uh, two weeks away from uh, opening, but you too uh, were, um, I, I guess, uh, taken back by how quickly and how um, precisely they did the construction there, huh? It, it's been quite interesting to watch. Like you, I, I feel that this particular project is one of the smoothest projects I've seen in the city. And the rapid pace, as you indicated, you know, the cold, the snow, the rain didn't keep them away. I saw them working on Sundays. I actually thought I went by a few Sundays. The first time I went by, I, I said, oh, geez, somebody's gotten onto the property. And then I looked a little closer and it was actually you know, contractors and workers who were out there on a Sunday working away. And as I just mentioned to you, I, I was driving here this morning, and when I saw the Lay's potato chip van, that was an indicator to me that there was quite a bit happening on the interior. And like you mentioned, it's the setup crew. Family Dollar. Now, the other one will be an automotive O'Reilly's. O'Reilly's automotive pots. And uh, the project, uh, I think, is going to look pretty nice when it's done. It's really sharp. It's very defined, nice lines. Uh, landscaping is big for me, so I look forward to seeing what that looks like and the signage, and we shall see. But it's from the time they broke ground to now has been a short period of time, and they have moved right along. I agree with you. All right, let's go up the street to Diamond Hill Road to the uh, 
former Sears store, now being a uh, regional vaccination center. Um, I know you've been up there because I've seen your picture in the paper a couple of times uh, in connection with that project. So um, you might want to tell us um, how that uh, has uh, gone and where it's going. I toured that site on Friday, and I also toured the testing site, which is in Olympia Sports. So abutting, abutting storefronts, Sears is where the distribution of the vaccination takes place, and Olympia Sports is actually the location where there'll be a press release going out today. We are really trying to drive people to that location, especially if they have not been vaccinated or if they're not feeling well. And that particular site is open seven days a week. It's open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can walk in or you can book an appointment at portal.ri.gov. The testing is free. There's no residency restrictions on who can be tested. And they are actually doing the both types of tests. They're doing the rapid test which generally produces a result in about 15 minutes. And then they're doing the more advanced test, which is the PCR test, which is more sensitive. And then they will, I don't mean sensitive in in feel, but more sensitive to the results of of more in-depth. And that result, uh, they will contact you if you're positive. And I believe it's usually, you know, within 24 hours, you would get that result. But if you have not been tested or you just feel you want some reassurance that you are not positive, you can go to the Olympia site between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m., seven days a week. And when you go there, you will actually be given a mask. So maybe we can incentivize people who haven't been vaccinated yet to go to get vaccinated. I'm sorry, who haven't been tested and, and feel that they want to be tested. All right, and this is a regional site at Olympia for testing, and, and the uh, vaccine is a regional site for the state of Rhode Island. But I do want to um, say that Thundermist, uh, up until that regional site at Olympia ha- opened up, has done a remarkable job in terms of uh, testing people uh, quickly with the rapid test. I've been there a couple of times. I know one businessman I was talking to him, and uh, he's been six times. Uh, and the nature of his business would call for that to uh, to happen, you know, so that uh, he's he's comfortable each time, and I'm comfortable that you know that you walk in and and you know that uh, you've got a uh, you know a, a um, let's see which one is which one is which. A positive test would be you got it, and a negative would mean you don't got it, right? So, so right. Great. The pregnancy test. If you're positive, you are having a baby. All right. That, <laughs> and if right. you're negative, you are not. All right. So, therefore, the negative test uh, is uh, always the one that you try to uh, end up with. But the point is that Thundermist has done a great job, uh, and you can still go to Thundermist for your test. But uh, now we have uh, the regional um, the regional centers uh, here in Woonsocket. All right. So, um, do you want to comment Anything uh, COVID-related, whether it has to do with uh, the phasing out of, um, of Monsignor Gallery or regional centers or anything about COVID before we go to other topics? Yes, we are phasing out the pod at Monsignor Gallery. It's going extremely well. Again, thank you so much to Chief Fire Chief Shatra, our EMA Director, Tim Walsh, the entire team, all the volunteers who have come from 
working outside, inside, volunteering every week, volunteering one week. It was a it was a true effort, and and the energy was just fantastic. This is our last week. Uh, we will be there on Thursday and Friday. Uh, Thursday will be the second uh, vaccination for the folks who were vaccinated in week four. So that will be their second. That will push that to 90 through. And Friday will be the added vaccinations that we put together working with Governor McKee's office and the town of North Smithfield. And we opened up uh, Fridays to all teachers and support staff. And we were able to get the numbers from all the schools within the city of Woonsocket and the town of North Smithfield and opened up vaccinations to them in order to help them get back uh, to some normalcy in, in the schools. All right, thank you. Uh, and now um, to address um, a news um, briefing that you had yesterday, or news release. There are a number of, uh, I guess we can say, we'll generally give you a chance to just talk on different things. But generally speaking, it is spring, and the city of Woonsocket has some spring programs in place um, that is covered under uh, taxpayer dollars to um, to clean up your property and, and be a service to people. So, Mayor, maybe you can uh, talk about some of the things that you and your administration are lining up. Okay. Well, we do know that sometimes one approach to something helps in another area. And where I'm going with that is we changed over to the brine system and brining the roads prior to a storm uh, in order to help with snow plowing and uh, etc. Right? So everyone knows we changed over to brine. We also know that I'll just go back to 2013-2014. The city of Woonsocket used 3,827 tons of sand. Tons, not pounds. I know the difference. 3,827. This year, we used 102. So that is a reduction of 3,725 tons of sand by switching over to brine. And switching over to brine didn't diminish, in fact, it improved the quality of our roads and improved the plowing. And where I'm going with that is moving into street sweeping. So we are sweeping tons and tons of less sand up, which goes to our landfill, and also ends up going down into our drainage system. So, yes, Roger, it is street sweeping time, and a press release did go out. If you do not receive press releases and you would like to, you can call my office, and Susan will put you on the distribution list. But they have started. The two city street sweepers are sweeping in the East Woonsocket District, and then they will move to the North End District, Fairmount District, Burnin, and Globe. Uh, we do put out our rolling electronic boards to announce uh, that the street sweeping will be taking place and when it's getting closer to your district. But it's never too soon to be sweeping uh, your sidewalks, cleaning up your sidewalks and getting everything out into the gutter. Of course, not the litter. We'd like you to pick the litter up uh, along the way. But if it's going to be beautiful this weekend, it's a great day to sweep. And the cleaner our city looks, the more pride 
we have, and we thank you for doing that. It takes an entire army to do this. Uh, we can't do it with just two sweepers, because whatever's on the sidewalk is going to stay there unless it's in, in the gutters. All right, so it's a program that is uh, underway. Um, I, in a semi-related story, um, the council passed uh, something on um, Monday night that I guess so waives the uh, fee that you have to pay um, from the city of Woonsocket to uh, to go to Blackstone and and I guess bring your uh, what, uh, what do you bring uh, to Blackstone? Is it leaves and brush? Leaves and brush, right? Yes. yes. And uh, so that's uh, sort of a related story in terms of uh, services that are uh, being offered by the city. All right, uh, we have uh, another uh, phone call. But Mayor, I, while uh, we're taking the phone call. Uh, I don't mean to uh, throw this at you. Uh, but you will. But I will. But it's not, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. Oh, okay. It, it's really just a matter of where the money goes. So uh, on, uh, I guess on Friday, uh, the Senator Reed also met with the mayor of Pawtucket. And, um, and they were talking about uh, money, $23 million, that has come to Rhode Island for, quote, unquote, affordable housing. Uh, in some form. And then it says, and that's what I want to show you uh, at the bottom of the page there. Uh, you see my handwriting. 1.6 million of it coming to the city of Woonsocket. And so what I was saying to myself is, when that says come to the city of Woonsocket, that does not, I think, necessarily go to uh, the treasury for us to spend. I think that either goes to neighbor works or that goes to the housing authority. But did you... Um, uh, do you know where that 1.6 are going? I would love it to come right into our treasury, but I don't know for sure. Well, I would love it to also. However. However, I was not uh, aware that we would be getting $1.6 million. So you can I, take I that with you. I, yes, thank yeah. you for that. And right. I don't think it is coming yeah. to us. But like you, if it were to come with, to mm -hmm. us, and I think the council agrees uh, with me on, on this, I won't speak for them. But $1.6 million to the city of Woonsocket would mean that we would look at blighted property. Mm -hmm. We would remove that blight, remove the problems that come with it, remove the potential lead that is an issue, correct? And then build affordable single-family homes. And an example of that is Burnside Avenue, where we had issues for years there. Fast forward. We moved to acquire the properties, demolish the properties, and subdivide it into two lots for single-family homes. That is how I would utilize the funds. I don't believe that this is coming to us. Generally speaking, the congressional delegation will call my office when they have funding that's coming directly to us. Well, Mayor, uh, if you could check on that, please do, because I hope it does come. Because I do, and all due respect to uh, NeighborWorks, I think that they, they do well in terms of getting federal funding. And all due respect to the Housing Authority, having been there, I know that uh, there's plenty of money that comes into the federal uh, coffers, uh, from the federal coffers to them. So uh, I hope that 1.6 goes to Woonsocket for blight control. So I'm with you. Well, I will one. let Senator Reed know that. If it doesn't, <laughs> that we want it here right. next time. You tell, right? her, you tell him that Roger and Lisa want that That's money it. for Woonsocket. I'm with you. All right. Let's go to a caller. Uh, let's see. We need some earphones. Okay. And uh, then uh, we'll uh, see what uh, this person has to say or maybe what question that they want to ask. Uh, press the magic button, Roger, and see what you get. Hello there. 
Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. Uh, I was just curious, with the new water plant just about finished, uh, are there any definite plans on the old plant where I would assume it's going to be demolished and uh, possibly a, a parking area for, for the bike path or maybe benches where people can enjoy the Blackstone River? I'm just curious if there are, there are any definite plans for that piece of land. I'll hang up and listen to the answer. Thank you okay? for your call, Thank sir. You. All right. All right, we know where it is now. Um, I know the tanks, I think the tanks may be coming down, but I think one of the buildings is still staying there. I'm not sure. Hey, you're the mayor, not me. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing definitive at this point in time. Uh, The plant will need to remain up for a while, uh, but at some point in time, and there are some wetlands in that area also, at some point in time, those tanks will come down. Uh, We do have employees who are housed in the building. Uh, a decision has not been made. It's not definitive as to what will happen and if they will move into another location. I will tell you that years ago when when the talks of the new water plant began, uh, the Department of Environmental Management did have a conversation with me, someone from that department, and did speak of the potential of incorporating a piece of that into the bike path for the reasoning that that the gentleman just mentioned potential parking potential rest area rest area as in you know being able to sit and take a break while you're on the bike path uh it is still a bit of a blank canvas we can we can move in several directions but we haven't concluded that during yesterday's uh, interview with uh dan gendron i'm looking at my notes here he says that um, as far as the council is concerned, I know council and the administrative uh, branch of government is different. Um, as far as the council, he's going to try to in phase, bring in in phases uh, live council meetings uh, starting on the 19th of April. And uh, so since that happens to be in, in Harris Hall, which is part of the city hall complex, um, do you have any thoughts on reopening city hall or uh, or is that something that's very fluid like the whole covid uh, question is fluid any meetings uh in city hall that do not include the staff that works in city hall I've, i i feel like i'm a broken record uh but that goes through the fire chief the fire chief hasn't mentioned uh anything to me about that so i will put that on my list to speak with him but we are still extremely sensitive we are we the state of Rhode Island has come far in getting vaccinations out, and uh, they are still doing that. And the more and more people that get vaccinated, the better off we are. As far as bringing people into City Hall who aren't uh, City Hall employees, if they have not been vaccinated, that could be problematic. Uh, we're still dealing with, with COVID issues within City Hall. So I will leave that um, to the chief. We have one minute left. Anything you want to uh, mention uh, to our We have one minute left. I am going to use that minute because my mom uh, told me that she thought that I should mention something because she thought that potentially um, this information would be important. Because apparently yesterday there was mention of the city, uh, the city should have a citywide cleanup. And... We basically have a citywide cleanup every single week. And what I mean by that is 
we are a community. This is another service that the city offers that not all cities and towns offer. We continue at this point because of COVID. Generally, you would go have to go to City Hall to get it. But we will deliver to homes of, of properties the green bulk item stickers and the orange white goods stickers for the large white goods. And this is something that comes with homeownership in the city of Woonsocket. If you have a couch, if you have a chair at your house, Roger, or if you have a refrigerator, you can get, you don't have to wait for a citywide cleanup. You can request your green bulk item or your orange white good item. And the item for a single family is you get one bulk item per month. So you could literally get rid of 12 large items in your house in a, in a period of a year. And there's just a breakdown of how that can be. So you don't need to wait for a citywide cleanup because we actually have a citywide cleanup 52 weeks a year. Well, mom was right on this occasion, and, and this is getting dangerous. That's Roger and Lisa agreeing on too many things in one program. You're going to be uh, in trouble because right. I know you're monitored and I know you can't be nice to me. Right, right. And it really bothers people. Right, is this really <laughs> right? Are they going to be sending me emails like crazy? But this point here is absolutely uh, one that I agree on. The city looked like a crap den when we had the pickups all in one particular week over a two-week period where people threw the stuff on the sidewalk. It was awful. This program here, and I've used it a few times, and, and it's the big stuff, too, that you can get rid of. Uh, uh, you, It's ongoing, and so only once in a while do you see that mattress uh, with the with the with the green i think it's green colored uh, ticket on green, it yes once in a while you see it and and because it is arranged ahead of time it disappears almost instantly and uh so um i'm glad um, mama mentioned that yes yes and i want to thank you for being with us on the program well and, i'm happy to be here thank and, you and i don't even have enough time to be unpleasant my detractors are going to really be on my tail. Well, can, can I mention one quick thing? Yeah, and I know, I know it's 9 o'clock, yeah. and I'm just going to do a quick check of my email yeah. uh, because I am waiting to uh, get an email to confirm something. And I'll but try I, to think of a bad question. Okay, you, you, you'd be bad. <laughs> uh, I, I will tell you this. I was contacted last night. I am not certain I can announce this right now, but as soon as they give me the okay to do it, this is co uh, vaccination related, and I think we're just waiting for the governor's office to confirm, but I did receive an email last night. There will be an announcement pertaining to vaccinations for when Socket is considered a high-density community, and we will be making an announcement hopefully today regarding something that will take place for Woonsocket residents, but I just don't want to overstep and, and step on the governor's toes with this. Okay, and when we get it? Uh, we will uh, make certain we let you know so mm -hmm. you can announce it, because the more people that know, the better. But I just want to wait to, I don't, I don't want to be, take away his thunder. Can't think of anything bad to say, so thank you for being with us. Okay. <laughs>